Alan Mead is a dentist with too much time on his hands and too much recording equipment in his basement. Armed with an obsession to bring entertaining and informative content to the dental world in a way that's never been done before, I give you the Alan Mead Experience. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Alan Mead Experience. You know, it's been a little while. Glad to be back. My name is Alan Mead. I'm your host. I'm a dentist, podcaster, and curmudgeon. So, let me describe what I'm doing to you right now. Not doing to you. Doing to you. I'm not doing anything to you that I know of, except talking into a microphone and hoping that it reaches your ears. But I'm literally sitting in my office, uh, at my dental office, in my private office, sitting in front of uh, my gigantic monitor, uh, looking at the sounds that my voice is making into the microphone. And um, I'm between patients. I had a patient that was scheduled for 40 minutes for a check C on their temporary and basically everything's fine and they're sensitive. You may well hear people in the background, uh, which would be my office team doing what they normally do. And I'll likely be interrupted to do a hygiene check in the meantime. But I just wanted to throw some thoughts out at you. First off, this morning I needed to pay my wife's credit card bill, which I have literally done on the same website, the same way, time immemorial. <laughs> it's been the same all the time. You just log in. And, of course, they've changed their website. And now they, I had to re-log in or my login didn't work or I had to come up with something else. So I, I did the password reset thing, which, frankly, is literally one of the worst things in the world. Like customer service is dead when it comes to this. So, of course... They had to send a text for for two stage or two step authentication, which is fine. The number they had on file is literally like a seventeen year old home phone number that we haven't had for forever. So, and they wanted to send a text to it, and of course, it's not a text number. So, I called in to change that number, and they cannot change the number without us logging into the website. And I'm just like, wait a second. So, I think I actually they actually have to mail me something to my address. I don't even know. It's crazy. And I couldn't, so then I said, okay, can I make a payment on my wife's credit card, you know, like I normally do over the phone instead of going on there? Oh yeah, no problem. And, and after about 10 minutes of, of getting me set up to do that, I said, oh, oh, you're not, you're not on this account. Your name is not on this account. So I'm afraid I can't help you with this. And I'm thinking to myself, this is just, I, I get it. It's security. I'm giving them money. I'm trying to give them money, but no, they're, they're having none of it. So I uh, I lost my cool. Not proud of myself. I was I was super irritated. My wife is super irritated with me for putting this all on her. But like you know, you change your website, and probably everyone is going to run into this stuff anyhow. So step one was customer service is dead, and and I think to myself, is that true or is it just me? Is it just my perception because something dumb has happened? I'm not a hundred percent sure. And then I went on to the next thought process. It's like. Everyone has perceptions of dentists and dental offices, but dentists. And I, I'm thinking to myself, I think those are kind of screwed up too. Like, in other words, it's probably not fair for me to judge all customer service phone stuff by my experience today. Yet everyone kind of has a feeling about customer service because of their, you know, the general narrative, which is that they put you on hold for a long time, which they did today. And, and they make you jump through hoops, which they did today. And, 
ended up not being able to help me, which actually is what happened. But that's not how it happens all the time. Yet the narrative is that, you know, I know that, you know, there, you know, know the narratives. And I'm thinking to myself, dentistry probably suffers from similar narratives and perceptions. So I put it out on the Alan Mead Experience Facebook page moments ago. And actually, there's a good conversation going on there right now. And I'm going to just steal um, Ali Sergi's thoughts on it because he put it together. I said, uh, my question was, what are your thoughts on the public perception of dentists? Do you think there's anything we could do to change it? And then I asked for people to show their work. I wanted to hear what they were, what they were thinking. And um, Ali says, that's a hard one. You know those grids that show you know what my mom thinks, what my coworker thinks, what my friends, all this stuff are they're probably accurate because people's people's you know what's the word I'm looking for people's perception is not reality <clears throat> in the same way that like my feelings aren't reality, people's perceptions aren't reality, but most of the time people are not willing to look any further than their perceptions, and so their perception is their reality. And his, his point was most people think that we're inaccessible, which I didn't understand what he meant at first, too expensive, which is obvious, and three, painful. All those things I think are legit. When I asked him a little further, he's like, his point was so many people think that we're like medical offices in that we take forever to get into and, and we're limiting people that we can take. Um, you know, the, the, how many times do people ask you if you're taking new patients and actually, that happens a lot, to tell you the truth. It does make some sense. Um, I'm also going to add to the mix of people think that we're too expensive, which the reality is is that probably that's more they don't place value on the service that we offer. So maybe we are too expensive, but, but the narrative is always that we're too expensive. In other words... Um, how much do you want to pay for a crown? A thousand dollars is too much to pay for a crown. But if you ask someone if a hundred dollars is too much to pay for a crown and a crown is something that they don't really want, they're told that they need a hundred bucks is too much. to pay. So too expensive is all relative on that level. Uh, but if you explain that to a patient, they don't want to hear that. What do, what do they care? They'd like to have everything for free and that's that. And they'd like really good service. There's a lot of things they would like, but the reality is, is that, you know, we can't always get that. Uh, so do people think the dentist is too expensive? Yes. Pretty much across the board. I'm sure that they do. That's true. The inaccessible thing, I think depending on their experience and depending on maybe their geography, it may feel like it's hard to get in with someone. I will say in my area, we have less specialists available. So like, that's an interesting thing. It's, it's, I know that I have friends in metro areas that know if they needed to get someone in with a specialist, they can, they can get almost a, a consult for almost anything the same day or the next day because they have a lot of specialists to refer to like classic thing, pediatric dentists or even oral surgeons around here. If you want to get someone in good luck, it's months in a lot of cases because they're just booked out too far. So that inaccessible may be real on some level, depending on your geography. And that's talking more about specialists. I, I get that. Um, painful is frustrating because, because Dustin Cruz mentioned really well, that, yeah, it is pretty uncomfortable. You know what I'm saying? Like, like even, even the best we can do, we still have to numb them up and give them shots and make horrible sounds and spray water on their face, all that stuff. That's real. I don't know if you can spin that in any way beyond the fact that it's kind of uncomfortable. But, you know, to be honest, it's uncomfortable to have surgery, too. It's just that you're asleep. 
you know, no one really wants to do that. But I think people who have a reasonable outlook on life can, can move past that. But I suppose it still adds to the negative narrative of the dental office. I, I wonder about, you know, all dental offices probably have their own raving fans, people that just love coming to them and have had great experiences. And a lot of times that probably has less to do. I mean, I'm having to give those people shots and having to make horrible noises and, and spray water in those people's face too, yet they come, come out of it feeling glad. Maybe, maybe that's just a comparison to experiences they've had in the past. I'm not 100% sure. Um, and then the media coverage of dentists is a whole separate thing. Like, I think we don't get a good shake at all on the media coverage. Um, when was the last time you saw any kind of news story that involved a dentist that wasn't super negative? And on some level, we kind of do that to ourselves. And I also think people think that dentists in general are greedy. And, and uh, I, I guess that depends on your definition of greed, I suppose. But I think we get a bad bad shake in a lot of in a lot of cases but we're easy to hate because frankly we are high income earners by any standard uh for the most part compared to the regular public and the regular public is is what needs to be done the regular public are the people that we're seeing you know the regular public for the most part the regular public is who we're seeing um i think we have some unrealistic expectations on ourselves for what we see as continuing education um don't get me wrong. I mean, obviously, I'm a huge fan of Spear. I'm a huge fan of, of high-end comprehensive dentistry. Yet, in my practice, I, I struggle to be able to present and do that kind of dentistry because, A, I don't have the reps of, of really doing all that work. I, I, I'm going to say this. One of the reasons comprehensive care is tough for me to present and talk about is how beaten down I am with the fact that most patients have an insurance mindset. Most patients don't come in wanting you to look at all their problems and give them an outlook for their teeth. Most people want to come in and have their free cleaning because they were told to do that. You know, we have, we have a lot of disconnect between what dentists perceive dentistry to be and patients perceive dentistry to be. And we all have the perfect patient who's a patient who comes in really interested in their oral care with lots of money and is willing to take whatever treatment options we supply um, that's like the perfect patient that everyone's thinking about yet that patient maybe doesn't even exist or if it does, it's so rare that, uh, and frankly, Greg Kins are seeing all those people. So, <laughs> so we're out of luck. Anyhow, I, I got a lot of different thoughts. Uh, apparently today is a day that I have a, a mental virus where I'm relatively manic about all these thoughts, but I have wondered to myself and I would love your input. If you guys have any input on this, please go to the Alameda Experience Facebook page where we're having this conversation. What could we do as a profession to change the perception that people have of us? Is there anything we can do? Would it be worth trying to do that? And I have to say that, you know, I'm a member of the ADA and I confidently can say that they have no chance of doing this. The ADA is, is a relatively static organization. There's any anything that's new and innovative that comes from the ADA or local like the MDA is fine, but it's generally cheesy and corporate feeling. There's, the authenticity is a struggle because it's a, it's a giant organization that, that frankly exists to be a giant organization. And I know there's probably a lot of people that are ADA fans that would disagree with me, but 
But I mean, the reality is I've, I've worked with the MDA. I love the MDA. It's still a corporate cheesy entity. They're not out of the box sneakers and, and authenticity is really tough to get in an organization like that. Just simple as that. You know where authenticity is not hard to get? Uh, social media, uh, podcasts. I mean, for the right person, authenticity is not a problem. Um, and reaching people in an authentic way, I think, could help our, or could help this problem that I'm talking about, this, you know, the, the perception of dentists. And in general, I wonder if, if you could start something. I wonder if you could do something in an authentic, organic, sort of grassroots kind of way. I, I, of course, my thought process is always a podcast because that's what I know and that's what I'm good at. But I just, I just wonder if there's any, you know, could, could there be room for, could there be room for a podcast that's meant for regular people, that's meant for potential patients, that's meant for, you know, people with teeth or without teeth that have had to deal with dentists or are going to have to deal with dentists, that could be lighthearted, fun, informative, and could potentially help patients to change the way they see dentists and dentistry. I don't know. I think there, I think there could be, but I, I'm just curious if you guys would tell me. I want to know what you guys think about the perception of dentists from a dentist point of view. And then I'm thinking maybe I'm going to try and come up with some kind of a survey for general patients, just just regular people, what they actually think about dentists and dentistry. So what I'll do is if I come up, if I, if I make this, this survey, like I'm thinking, I might spread it, have people like link it on their pages for regular people to answer or something like that. Just see if we can spread it out and get some answers. Just, I don't know, just to develop the idea of, you know, there's a disconnect between what dentists think people think maybe and what people actually think. I don't know. Maybe there's not, maybe we have it figured out. But I just wonder if there's anything we can do. I've thought about this for a long time. I'm not quite sure why today was the day I wanted to vomit this out into a podcast, but there you have it. I honestly think I'm just going to stop uh, here. My, I, am, I literally have a little foot and leg massager under my desk, which you may be able to hear. And uh, the cycle is running out, so I'm going to wrap up this podcast. But I'm curious if you guys have any thoughts about this. If you do, go to the Alan Mead Experience Facebook page. If you're not a member, uh, just request to be a member. Uh, the code that I'm asking for, I'm going to ask a question. It's going to be either Premier or Cosmonaut. That will get you in. That's the answer to the question to get you in. And let's have this conversation. It will be very helpful. And uh, sorry to be so neglectful of my own experience audience.